Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One of the more amazing stories I've covered in now 33 years of following the Atlantic Coast Conference. I saw Duke football not dead for an entire half century, even dating back to before I was born, but mostly dead for 50 years. Our next guest brought the Blue Devils football program back to life. And at this point, he's taken them to the top 25 of the final polls. He's taken them to an ACC title game appearance. He's taken them to six bowls in the last seven years after it had been a long time for even a single appearance. And he has the Devils truly in the national spotlight this weekend. They are in Atlanta against number two Alabama and head coach Nick Saban. We're speaking, of course, of David Cutcliffe, the now 12th year leader of the Duke Blue Devils. Coach Cut, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, and thank you, David. I appreciate the uh, the comment, and I, uh, you know what, I appreciate the fact that, and I mean this sincerely and deeply, we're, we're unique in this fact that we, we got a lot of the same people are still here for all 12 years. Yep. We've had good people leave, and make a huge difference, but and I've said it over and over, we've earned this opportunity in Atlanta, and we have, but it's been a collection of all the players through these 12 years, all of the coaches and support staff and the people surrounding Duke football, so maybe that makes it a little bit more emotional for us than most people might think. No doubt about it, and we talked about some crazy numbers earlier this week, Coach. You know, Duke doesn't have to reveal this stuff as a private university, but Alabama's getting, you know, $4.5 million to appear in this game. Duke does <laughs> not get invited to a game like this for most of my time covering such things and now you earned as you said that right so credit to a whole generation of people before we dive into the football how do you describe as someone born in the state of Alabama as a graduate of the University of Alabama what made you pick the tide over Auburn so long ago and how long after you exited the birth canal did you actually get to make that decision well, yeah, there, that is the key element <laughs> in the state of Alabama. It is a birthright, <laughs> and you are not to go against the birthright. So my uh, grandmother, my dad, all of his siblings, I mean, there was no choice that had to be made. And Coach Bryant um, was a part of, of, of conversation I mean, literally, uh, every time my dad and his brothers got together, and, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I had an older brother that was brave enough to tell Coach Bryant no. He was recruited by every SEC wow. team. He was a defensive lineman, and he went to Florida to play. Wow. And I literally did. I'm. He's eight years my, my senior, eight years older than I am. I, I was looking – for one of my uncles to come over with a gun and shoot him. Oh, uh, I, I thought they might. They were not happy about it. Um, and he did it. I mean, he told both Alabama and Auburn. Uh, and he loved – Ray Graves was kind of a different guy uh, as a head coach. And he just fell in love with Coach Graves and went to the University of Florida to play with Spurrier down there. Wow, that's like some level of blasphemy slash sacrilege. Well, I really was worried, and I had conflict. They they played Alabama, I think, maybe once while he was there. And I had real – I felt guilt, you know, about maybe I was going to pull for Alabama, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and 
it, it, it uh, I really did. And so it was, it's birthright in that state. You either are for Alabama or you are for Auburn. You don't change that birthright. Part of your story as a coach includes success at Ole Miss where you have to deal with Alabama, right? Success with Peyton Manning and other amazing teams at Tennessee where you have to deal with Alabama all the time. And now at Duke, you don't have to deal with Alabama all the time, but here they are across from you again. What's the best way to summarize in a world where lots of guys feel a gravitational pull to their own alma mater? And Alabama's maybe the most famous program ever. You're one of the most famous offensive gurus in modern college football history. Why did that marriage never happen as an assistant coach or as a head coach? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I had um, had a couple of opportunities. A couple of times Alabama came calling about an offensive coordinator job uh, when I was at Tennessee. And, um, you know, I think I'm just – kind of naturally really loyal and, you know, to, to the people I'm with. And I, I, I just, I just felt like I was going to be a traitor to those young people that I had helped recruit, uh, the guys I was coaching. And it was difficult for me to, uh, say no. And, um, you know, I always thought in the back of my mind that I would end up coaching there. Yeah. And it, it was going to bother me if I didn't. And then, you know, we, are, we outgrow those things, yeah. you know. But as a young coach in my 20s and 30s, I, I thought that would happen. Um, but um, it's all good. Things do happen for reasons. And I think we are all put on earth for a purpose. And I think I found mine. I really do. Man, I knew the answer to that question as I asked it, but I am so glad you just put it into those words because that says so much about what makes you unique. I appreciate you sharing that as, of course, you have a football game on your mind more than your life story. I saw you – I mean – I'm almost qualified enough to tell you that Alabama has great football players, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, believe me. I mean, I don't, I don't need your expertise to see that part. But there's another level to this, Coach, where I think you see probably dozens of things that we don't see. If you, As you complimented Nick Saban, we all see his record. We get that part. But as you describe, you're not only going against a talented team uh, with a team you believe in your own talent, but – you listed a bunch of reasons that the tide strike you as very well coached under Nick Saban. Like what all goes into that kind of part of this equation? Well, I will tell you, I start with an, with every opponent. I watch extra point rushes. Hmm. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but as a coach, if you see a team play, you don't, you should never surrender a point. If I see a team that will play that point hard, then I know somebody's really coaching Mm. them like they should be coached. And then I start working my way through the kicking game. And every element, every attention to detail is there. The, uh, for example, their punt return. They're a very dangerous punt return team. They have a nice mixture of rush and a nice mixture of return. But every stance is the same. You can't read their rush and you can't read their return. That's attention to detail. That's coaching to the nth degree. And as hard as I try, I can't find that tip for our guys. So what you do is that you're not free releasing because you can read a holdup. You're you're having to first and foremost protect the punt first. 
So they do a great job of mixing double teams. Uh, they do a great job. They will rush you in a heartbeat. Don't go to sleep. So that's the type thing. And then offensively and defensively, uh, football's beautiful when all 11 people uh, are, know what to do and how to do it. And you see that in, in Alabama. The, the defense, every gap's filled. Uh, there's no hesitation when they react to a run. There's no hesitation in, in how they read and react to pass. And, and they do it well. Then offensively, their splits are good at receiver. Their splits are good up front. Their alignments are good. Uh, the quarterback is truly outstanding. He uses his eyes well. He's got what I call a quiet lower body, so he can deliver the ball in an instant, a flash. And I don't know if he's always naturally been that way or if he's been coached that well. But, um, yeah, that's all what I'm seeing. And I'm just in – I'm I'm just going, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know. But it, it, the beauty of it is is that we know all those strengths as well we have pointed them out to our players. So what are our strengths? What have we developed? Yeah. How well are we coaching? What's our attention to detail? And so your only choice is to attack strength with strength. And if things go well, and we got a young team, and I know the environment's going to be tough, but if we maintain focus, if we play for 60 minutes, hey, we we got a shot to win this football game, but nothing is there gonna be no gifts. And so we'll learn a lot about ourselves in Atlanta on Saturday. You might have just answered my next question and I know we gotta let you go. It's David Cutcliffe on Twitter at David Cutcliffe. As you guys are smart, you, they know that the conversation on the outside is, you know, what's the point spread going to be more than yeah. who's going to win the game. Yeah. But this is a, this is Deion Jackson in front of America. This is Victor Demukeji in front of America. Your yep. your new quarterback, Quentin Harris, in front of America. You know, w- how do you change that conversation? Do you even utilize the outside conversation as you head to play the tide? Well, I would have to be, you know, really naive to, to think that they don't hear it. Right. They don't know it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to meet with them tonight. And I like to do this on Thursday night as we get closer to a ball game. I'm not going to – but I'm, I'm going to talk about some of those things tonight, but how you – where you put it, how you compartmentalize it. We're not going to get, quote, fired up and just whip anybody. Right. We're going to have to play well. we got to compartmentalize all of those emotions, all of those feelings. But the biggest part that they should feel good about, they've done the work. They've done the preparation. And any mistake that occurs, we're not going to play timid. Any mistake that occurs is mine on Saturday because I'm supposed to have them ready right now. And what I what I expect them, their part is line up well. After that, you better pull your trigger. And if you don't do it well enough, then, hey, it's on me. And that's, that's kind of the conversation we're having moving in, knowing it's a huge challenge. It's okay to carry a little chip on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, shouldn't you? Amen. So, you know, we'll have a little bit of that, too. Hey, congratulations to you and that entire small army you were describing on 12 years of earning this National Spotlight game. Uh, We wish you well on the big stage, Coach, and and you know we always appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. Well, David, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Right back at you. He's on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. Six polls in the last seven years. The Blue Devils can be a good team this year. It, of course, would take an unbelievable performance to go neck and neck with the number two in the preseason rankings, Crimson Tide. A lot of personal ties there, given Coach Cut's deep roots in the great state of Alabama. And 
with the University of Alabama in particular. Amazing that he said no to his own school that many times, but not surprising that he said no. That guy's just wired differently than most of the coaches I've ever met. Dave Doran, right after David Cutcliffe, the seventh-year Wolfpack coach, is leading his Wolfpack into battle against ECU on Saturday at noon. We'll be there with the big tailgate tour. Coach Doran always stops by and gets a nice photo with us before he heads into Carter-Finley. We appreciate that. We always enjoy his visits on the David Glenn Show. And it is Dave Doran joining us next. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Appreciate David Cutcliffe dropping by as Duke heads to Atlanta to take on number two, Alabama. Our next guest is trying to build on five straight bowl games with the NC State Wolfpack. Back-to-back nine-win seasons. Another big class of players sent on to the National Football League. He has a new offensive coordinator with Eli Drinkwitz at App State now. He has a new quarterback with that Ryan Finley guy having earned the backup quarterback job for the NFL's Cincinnati Bengals. He has a new class of promising and up-and-coming players. He will be hosting the ECU Pirates at Carter-Finley Saturday at noon. We will be there with the big tailgate tour. Dave Doran, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, I know you have not only a, not a lot of new players, uh, but you have a new athletic director in Boo Corrigan. You guys are the favorite against ECU this year. You crushed the Pirates late last year. How often, as you have a voice in non-conference scheduling, how often should these two schools play each other in football, given that they're not automatically on the schedule, but they're not located too far away? Right. Yeah, we right now play them about every three years. And, uh, you know, I do like having that um, kind of spaced out where it is. It gives us a chance to play other teams in other states. And, you know, for me in the non-conference schedule, you do want to try to get out of the state some and play some teams from your recruiting areas. But uh, it is nice to have, you know, every three years or four years a chance to play another in-state team. Coach, you have taken the baton at the quarterback position and just run with it. You know, we've been around long enough. The numbers are crazy. Ten of the last 11 seasons, NC State has had a future NFL quarterback as the starter. So Ryan Finley for you. Prior to that, Jacoby Brissett for you. Prior to that, Mike Glennon and Russell Wilson, and, of course, even others before those guys. So that is a transition. What can you tell us? about the future talent levels of guys like your new starter, Matt McKay, uh, but even your backups, Bailey Hockman and Devin Leary. Right. Well, we're excited about, you know, what it means to play quarterback at NC State. And uh, right now we have six quarterbacks in the NFL, and nobody can say that in college football. So, you know, recruiting that position, it's become something that we can go across the country to find guys that are interested because of the pedigree. Uh, and the you know different things that are happening in the NFL with our guys. Uh, as far as who's here now, you know these three guys that uh, you mentioned have all worked really hard. Coach Roper's done a nice job teaching them our scheme and, and getting them ready, um, not just for knowing our offense, but understanding defenses and situational football. 
Um, and they've all improved a lot since spring ball. And I think, you know, Matt has been here the longest, understands the system, is really uh, calm and poised. Um, Bailey has really improved since coming in January as a transfer. And uh, each each day you just see him becoming more and more comfortable and has incredible arm talent. And Devin, you know, as well, um, Devin's just a redshirt freshman, has a really strong arm. And so there is promise there. And, and the young man that we're redshirting right now, Ty Evans, that we signed last year is doing a really good job on our scout team for us against the defense. So, you know, excited about what the future holds, but obviously game day is the true test. Dave Dorn is joining us. You can follow Coach on Twitter, at StateCoachD. In your time in Raleigh, we have heard you on our show and otherwise compliment Wolfpack Nation in a lot of different ways, and occasionally you'll have a request for Wolfpack Nation. So we have some new rules here, Coach. There is beer at Carter-Finley Stadium. I, can, right. I cannot imagine this is anywhere near your personal checklist for how to beat the Pirates or anybody else on your schedule. But what is, what is your message? I imagine that is on your desk at some point in some fashion. Now that beer is being sold at Carter-Finley, what's the message to Wolfpack Nation? Well, you know, get here early and have a great time in the tailgate and uh, be in there for the kick. And instead of going outside in the third quarter, take advantage of the sales uh, underneath the, you know, the overhangs and get in the shade and cool down. And if you like to drink beer, it's there for you. And we need them back in the stands for the third quarter to have that same home field advantage for four quarters. I don't know if you're a beer guy. Have you had Tuffy? Of course. How, what's the uh, Dave Doran breakdown? It's not like, you know, describing a fine red wine, I would imagine. You're, gonna, <laughs> you're not going to hit us with, like, you know, a tint of berries or anything like that. What's, what's Tuffy the beer like? Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I've only had one, but uh, it's nice and cold and uh, definitely, you know, reminded me a lot of the um, good domestic beers that you can have. But uh, it's, it's definitely something that people should try. I think they'll enjoy it. And, it's a great-looking can as well, so you can keep it and put it on your shelf. There's a handful of guys that we, you know, your, your fans know about already really well, um, but even others around the league know about uh, Emeka Amizi at wideout or Larell Murchison on the defensive line. James Smith-Williams, big DG Show fan, uh, is another veteran star on the defensive line. When it comes to new faces, Coach, I have read about young linebacker Peyton Wilson and I believe he's true freshman running back, Zonovan Knight. Uh, what can you tell us about those guys? I know coaches don't like to say too much about folks who haven't played yet, but right. just feel, it feels like they're symbolic of the next generation as you send some guys on to the NFL. Uh, that's a lot of talent right there. Yeah, our last two recruiting classes have been really strong, and, and uh, Peyton redshirted, you know, as everyone knows, was overcoming an injury, and is fully healthy, excited for him to play and, and get back into the flow of game day. Uh, he's worked really, really hard, and he uh, plays the game the way I love to see guys play. I mean, he is full tilt all the time, very physical guy and reacts well. Uh, Zonovan's got incredible speed, and, and um, you know, we have another freshman running back, Jordan Houston, that I think's had a great camp as well. So you'll see both of those young men uh, on Saturday. Back to Matt McKay. I saw him at Wakefield, and he just had some huge run-pass numbers, dual-threat style. Right. And I think he was a three-year starter there on some really, really, really successful teams. I remember a month ago, you told us, you know, he was number one in large part because he just knew the offense better than the other guys. Yep. What's, your, what's your message to him as he is in a brand-new role, three years removed from high school, 
uh, as I, I guess, I mean, you can tell us if you want to share that uh, you'll show more than one quarterback against the Pirates. Uh, that's not the plan. You know, it's Matt's offense, and, okay. and Bailey needs to be ready. Devin needs to be ready. Um, as far as what do I tell Matt, just be himself. You know, uh, he won the job for a reason, and he has good command not only of our system but of what defenses can do. He understands the other side of the football and how to, like Ryan, kind of predict based on looks what he's going to get um, and situational awareness, understanding how to get his first downs. Um not try to do too much. I think that position sometimes guys look at it. They've got to do all these things to win the game, and a lot of times the quarterback just loses the game, you know, and distribute the ball to the playmakers when it's their opportunity to make plays, let them do their job. We have really good skill players around that, and if he just lets them do their thing and, and controls what he can control, he'll be fine. Your game happens to be on the new ACC network at noon on Saturday. Last time you were with us, we just kind of talked about it as a concept and an idea. Now that it's actually been a reality for about a week, how does it impact you as the Wolfpack's head coach? You know, does it matter that some of these games are only on the ACC network? Does it matter that moms and dads have one more way to, to see their kids? And, and how does that play out in recruiting or otherwise? No, it matters a lot. You know, I think the fact that all of our games are televised now and, and uh, coast-to-coast people can pick them up on the different avenues that are available um, is very important, not just for recruiting, but for our brand as a conference, you know, and uh, tie-in with ESPN as part of our conference. Um, our, our Part of our network is big, you know, because obviously they have a huge voice that can help the brand of our league. What coach in your experience in, in a league right now where a lot of folks are describing it as Clemson and then everybody else, what sort of separates the wheat from the chaff? There's only a handful of teams that are kind of in rebuilding mode. I don't know if you'd agree with this, but it feels like there's a half a dozen or more that, you know, look a lot like each other. Like anybody could right. be the 10-win team, but also anybody could, like, fall out of bowl contention. What, what in your experience, you know, separates the, the, those who rise versus those who fall? A lot of times it's just the injuries that occur that are out of your control, to be honest. I mean, you're, you know, your depth at most of our schools at some positions is not the same yeah. as um, what you see it in Alabama or Clemson. And uh, if we stay healthy or those schools stay healthy and the quarterback play is good, the O-line play is good, those offenses will be good. And the same thing goes on defense. I mean, you can have a difference maker with a guy behind them that's not, that's just an adequate player, and that changes things. So, you know, I think a lot of times it's, you know, how the, the luck of it is with injuries when you're talking about the rest of our league. You know, if you can stay healthy and you can do things the right way at quarterback, anything can happen against anybody. Last thing for you, in that ECU game last year, you guys had the talent advantage, which is, you know, reflective of recruiting. But you also looked like you had the effort advantage. I mean, you know, the work ethic advantage, the passion advantage. Uh, and a lot of other things, you have been very complimentary of Mike Houston, who has said, I don't know what's going to happen against the Wolfpack Saturday, but he did say what happened late last year, what he saw on video, that ain't going to happen again. Uh, right. What has? Well, I mean, look, you're comparing a team with a, a coach to a team that had a coach fired. Right. And I don't think that's a fair comparison. So, I mean, I don't expect to see that either. And that team lost its head football coach on Tuesday at game week. Right. You know, so – you're not going to get a team that's all together when the guy at the top's not even there. It's just not realistic. So we know we're going to have a hard-fought game against an in-state team that's very well coached.
And with that in mind, when you say it's a great hire for ECU, he's a really good man, he's a good football coach, what all goes into that? Is that you knowing of his rise as a head coach at different levels, or is that you looking at his teams at the FCS level on video or otherwise? Yeah, it's all those things. I mean, you can see what he's done through his career, for one, to know he's a good football coach. But we played him last year at JMU, so I've studied a lot of their film. And just the style of football that he believes in is similar to myself and and the physicality of the game, uh, the effort, you know, the way that his guys play with class. And I think he does a really good job, X's and O's wise, you know, understanding his talent. Um, as far as knowing him as a person, you know, I haven't had a lot of dealings with him, but every time I've been around him, he, he's just, you know, been a straight guy that uh, really, you know, commands himself the right way, talks to you the right way, and, you know, if we weren't playing each other, it'd be a guy I'd want to be a friend with, you know, because there's just certain guys that do things with class and do things with work ethic, and strikes me as one of those guys. Good stuff. Dave Doran, we're bringing our big tailgate tour to Carter-Finley on Saturday morning, so I don't know if you have time to stop for a photo as you've done in the past, but uh, we appreciate the radio visit, and we hope to see you on Saturday morning. I appreciate you guys having me. Go Pack. You got it. On Twitter, he's at State Coach D. He is the seventh-year leader of the Wolfpack. He has been to five straight bowl games. He has posted back-to-back nine-win campaigns. Remember, there's some transitions going on here. Eli Drinkwitz, brilliant offensive coordinator, now the head coach at App State. That's a big transition. Starting quarterback, Ryan Finley, three years in a row. Who knows what Matt McKay is going to be Saturday or eventually. I mean, it's just a guessing game. The last two years, you knew what you had in Ryan Finley, right? By the ends of their careers, you knew what you had in Russell Wilson, in Mike Glennon, uh, in Jacoby Brissett. You didn't know right away. But you eventually knew, maybe even midstream through their first seasons as a starter. That's been a lot of stability at the QBU, as a lot of folks have come to call NC State. A lot of transition. No more Kelvin Harmon, our guy at wide receiver. He's in the NFL. No more Finley. Jacoby Myers has moved on to the Patriots. Garrett Bradbury, brilliant offensive center, has moved on. Jermaine Pratt, you know, phenomenal linebacker safety type. He's moved on. Reggie Gillespie, et cetera. It's going to be fun to watch Ricky Person, who we saw last year, but also a true freshman named Zonovan Knight. Z, Zonovan Knight. And the kid Peyton Wilson was one of the top high school prospects in North Carolina, originally committed to the Tar Heels, changed his mind, jumped to the Wolfpack, got hurt. So he had to kind of watch and learn for much of last year as a redshirt. That's a great sign. When you're saying goodbye to NFL-caliber talent, it's kind of, it's kind of a mixed feeling, right? Well, we just developed more NFL talent, and that makes it easier to recruit, and they helped us win games, but, but it's, it's tough to say goodbye to them, right? you got to find the next generation. It'll be fun to see, not just at State this weekend, but all over the place. We know what proven returning starters can do and have done. In some of these cases, all we have to go on is what they did in high school, and it is absolutely not as simple as assuming – He was great in high school, so he's going to be great here. We all know there are four- and five-star guys who bust, and there are two- and three-star guys who blossom. That happens in college football all the time. Way, way more exceptions than in, say, college basketball. If you were a top-ten high school senior, there's like a 90% chance you're going to go into play in the NBA in basketball. 
I'm not saying recruiting rankings are that accurate if you go all the way down to, you know, who's player number 74 or 129 in the senior class. But at the upper echelon, 90% of top 10 high school seniors go on to play in the NBA. So, you know, there's something going on there. There's a correlation. Football's correlation is not nearly that extreme. You get a lot of right educated guesses. Tua Tungavailoa was not a hidden gem signing at Alabama as a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was not a hidden gem signing with Clemson at quarterback. Dave Doran has kind of done both, right? He has taken the guys who were highly recruited and helped them turn into NFL prospects, and he has taken the guys who were lesser known and help turn them into NFL prospects. So when you do that, yes, that helps you recruit the next generation because it impresses everybody. Moms, dads, recruits themselves, the high school coaches. They have a reputation under Coach Doran now that he's been there for six years as consistent winners. They haven't broken through with a 10-win season yet. They haven't played in an ACC title game. Of course, Clemson is in their division. That makes that a little more complicated. But they're also developing players. Garrett Bradbury was not a five-star recruit, but he became one of the best offensive linemen in college football after converting from tight end, just grew into an offensive lineman. There's a lot of right things going on there, and it's going to get interesting because we say this all the time. In most competitive endeavors, it's not only how well you do what you do. It's how complicated is your neighborhood, right? Every time the Saints, the Falcons, or the Buccaneers struggle – it's good for your Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. Every time they find the right coach, the right quarterback, the right free agents, it makes it harder. It's not, there's no vacuum. You're not just the Carolina Panthers. It's what's your schedule like? How healthy do you stay? Do you win your close games, et cetera? Dave Doran's neighborhood gradually has gotten tougher, right? Like Mac Brown is recruiting at a better level than Larry Fedora almost ever did during his time as the head coach of the Tar Heels. Mike Houston is a far more imposing figure. I don't mean Saturday as much, but in the longer run, on which coach would you bet the future of ACC football? Scotty Montgomery, an impressive man, but who was in his first head coaching position ever? Or Mike Houston, who's won at every level he's been as a head coach? Of course, your neighborhood is more complicated with Mike Houston at ECU and Mac Brown at Chapel Hill versus Larry Fedora's two-year downward spiral with the Tar Heels and Scotty Montgomery's three years of subpar football with the Pirates. David Cutcliffe's been at Duke all along, but he's made six bowls in the last seven years. Wake Forest has found its dream coach in Dave Clawson. There's no, there's no better fit between coach and school in all of college football to me. That makes the neighborhood trickier, right? It just does. So the Wolfpack could be good again and not necessarily win as many games, especially the microscope will be on, of course, Matt McKay, the new starter. At Wakefield High School, winning records left and right, great passing numbers, great running numbers. Three years to learn the system. He's a redshirt sophomore, so I guess two and a half years, you'd say, to learn the system. Bailey Hockman is a very capable backup, a one-time Florida State player, left-hander, fun to watch, Georgia high school star way back in the day. Matt McKay right here from our backyard, probably from his home to NC State's campus is like a 30-minute drive. Could it be after, remember those other stories, Phillip Rivers was from the state of Alabama. Mike Glennon was from the state of Virginia. Russell Wilson was from the state of Virginia. These other examples 
Jacoby Brissett was a transfer from Florida. Ryan Finley was a transfer from Boise State. This would be more of a throwback, the homegrown Wolfpack quarterback. I remember Jamie Barnett was one of those for NC State, but that is not that long of a list. The number of homegrown quarterbacks who became stars at State, Duke, Carolina, Wake, or other in-state schools is not a long list. We're usually plucking our quarterbacks from other traditional high school powerhouses or at least territories that produce a lot of great talent. 1-800-849-2761. That is your ticket into the program. It is college football picks day. We are taking your calls and entries. Remember, callers get priority when it comes to tiebreakers. All you have to do is tell us who's going to win the national championship. That shouldn't be hard. Also tell us another conference champion at the FBS level. Can't be the same as your national champion. And then tell us which NCAA team here in North Carolina in the sport of football will end up with the most wins this year. We'll also hit you with the tiebreaker question just in case. But you go three for three, you get a grand prize worth more than $1,000 from us at the David Glenn Show. It is fun to hand out those prizes. You can be next. You can also email us, davidglenshow at gmail.com. Same things. National champion. FBS conference champion can't be the same as your national champ and then North Carolina team with the most victories the tiebreaker is the team you hate the most or you love the most just give us that team's final win total as a tiebreaker on Twitter tag us at David Glenn show by email send it to David Glenn show at gmail.com 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program we'll get you caught up on the NFL's final night of preseason action that is this evening Steelers at Panthers and otherwise and then Georgia Tech at Clemson the Charlotte 49ers start the Will Healy era Chip Kelly and UCLA visit Cincinnati in a national TV game game tonight and Utah number 14 in the preseason rankings visits BYU in the late game tonight. How are the Utes number 14 in the nation? And we don't have more nationally ranked college football teams in North Carolina. How are they doing that at Utah? And we don't have more examples in our backyard. People ask us about that in basketball season. How are you guys always populating the Final Four, the Top 25, and everything else? Football season, a lot of time we're wondering how how other teams are doing it and wondering why our teams don't do it more often. 1-800-849-2761. It is a last run of your picks in the College Football Challenge today and today only. 1-800-849-2761. That's next on the David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. It is our one and only one. College football picks day. We have had great guests. Appreciate Dave Doran, David Cutcliffe, and Moose Muhammad dropping by to talk football. It is week one in college football. Georgia Tech at Clemson and other games tonight. The former is on the ACC Network, the first football game exclusively on that brand new channel. It launched a week ago. Check out my article at The Athletic Carolina today if you want to see many of the wrinkles during the rollout. It is not always as simple as I heard my carrier is carrying it and I'm automatically going to get it as soon as I press this button. 
there are a lot of reports over the last seven days where there was a hurdle here or a complication there. Most of them are resolved to your satisfaction and relatively quickly. But if you're planning to tune in at 8 o'clock tonight for Georgia Tech at Clemson, I'd recommend against placing that phone call at 7.59. Give yourself a little lead time. If you're going to a bar or restaurant, be sure they're carrying it because some have falsely assumed that they will have it available. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. What will I be watching as we all expect Clemson to hammer Georgia Tech? The Tigers, again, number one in the nation and the two-time national champion under Dabo Sweeney. I will be watching the Tigers' defensive line. As much as Dabo has stacked great recruiting class on top of great recruiting class, and won every ACC title within sight and those two national championships as well, it is far from simple to lose all four of your starting defensive linemen to the NFL and just not miss a beat. They're going to miss a beat. It's, will the offense be so good that it doesn't matter? Clemson's defense can't possibly be as good as it was last year now that Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, and Austin Bryant, all four, are playing in NFL preseason games tonight. 1-800-849-2761. David and Irwin wants next in on the annual college football picks challenge again. You can email your combination of these picks. Do it today. It's the last day you can officially enter. Grand prize worth more than $1,000. Your national champion, another FBS conference champion, cannot be the same as your national champion. And then three, any NCD, NCAA team in our state that you believe will end up with the most wins. So it could be D3, D2, FCS, FBS, whoever you think will have the biggest win total. That is the third leg of the tripod. David and Irwin, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hey, DG, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Who's on your mind? All right, I think uh, Clemson's going to win the national championship. All right. Another, another conference champ. Uh, Georgia winning the SEC. Got it. And then best record in the state. Appalachian State. That's been the most popular answer today. Little love for North Carolina A&T. Occasional love for D2 powerhouse Lenore Ryan. You never know. A uh, little love for the Deeks in the pack today. Uh, but go ahead with your tiebreaker win total for either the team you love the most or the team you hate the most. Uh, I'll say Duke, and I'll say uh, six wins. Got it. David and Irwin is in the books. He is the first with that combination of selections. Let's go to Chris in Clayton, North Carolina. Chris, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hey, how are you? Doing great, man. Quick reminder to NFL fans, we do this one day a year and only one day a year. That'll be next week. We'll take your NFL picks. That, too, also comes with a grand prize worth more than $1,000. Chris, go ahead with your college football picks here in 2019. I have uh, Clemson. Winning the national championship. Okay. Then I have uh, Alabama winning the SEC. All right. And then um, App State winning the most games in North Carolina. We, we might need a tiebreaker here because a lot of people have gone with those three picks, but that's okay. That's what we have tiebreakers for. Uh, the team you love I, or hate the most? I, I hate the Blue Devils. I don't see them winning as many games as everybody else is saying. I'm saying five wins. Five wins for Duke is Chris and Clayton's tiebreaker. Thank you for playing. We want winners, so let's squeeze as many more in as we can. John is somewhere on I-40 in the triad part of our listening audience. Make sure you hang around for Josh Graham's show right after mine. Real, real proud of Josh, former DG Show intern, rising star in the sports radio universe. So you 
You stay on that same bat channel, John, on I-40. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go ahead with your college football picks. Uh, national champion, Florida Gators. All right. Um, ACC champion, uh, NC State. Ooh. Uh, most wins in the state uh, is going to be NC State. All right. And then a uh, uh, tiebreaker. I don't think anybody else has those picks, but just for fun, a tiebreaker. Uh, NC State will go 11-1. and one. Ooh, NC State with 11 wins. Who's your breakout player for Dave Doran's Wolfpack? Is, are you just relying uh, on all the guys we know already? I want to go with it's going to be the entire defense. It's going to surprise a lot of people um, because I've, I've, you know, I graduated from NC State in 2012. So, um, I like I like Isaiah Moore at linebacker. I love if he's, if he's healthy. I love the new guy Peyton Wilson at linebacker. Uh, Larell Murchison up front. James Smith Williams, loyal DG show listener at defensive end, is a good player. Uh, they're they're got a chance to be good. Uh, I don't I don't. We haven't had this much love for the Wolfpack. I respect John flashing his red and black today. One eight hundred eight four nine two seven six one. Remember you can. Enter by Twitter. Make sure you tag us at David Glenn Show. You have to give us those same four things to qualify. Your national champion, any other FBS conference champion, it cannot be the same as your national champion or you're disqualified. And then what NCAA team here in North Carolina will end up with the most wins? App State's not a bad pick. A&T from the FCS level is not a bad guess. Uh, you could take a Wake or a State from the ACC. And don't forget, every once in a while, a D2 team breaks through with the most wins. Lenore Rhine is in some of the preseason top 10 polls that I have seen at that level, always representing the great state of North Carolina. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch. You can also email us your picks at davidglennshow at gmail.com. Just do it by midnight, and we'll consider you a qualifier, davidglennshow at gmail.com. Back after this. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the Thanks to Duke's David Cutcliffe, NC State's Dave Doran, and Carolina Panthers legend Moose Muhammad for dropping by today. You have great TV picks options tonight. Steelers, Panthers, and other NFL preseason. Dwarfed, of course, by a college football schedule led by the first ever football game on the new ACC network. It will be Georgia Tech Clemson at 8 o'clock. You can catch UCLA Cincinnati in the early ESPN game, Utah BYU in the late game, Major League Baseball options, the U.S. women's national team against Portugal in soccer. Enjoy them all. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.